This is Sarah Lemon, author of the Whole Dish blog and food writer for the Mail Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Multimedia. You can find it online at www.mailtribune.com forward slash podcasts and on my blog www.mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. It's also available at blogs.esouthernoregon.com forward slash rogue hyphen valley hyphen food. My previous podcast chronicled some of my efforts to roast and freeze eggplant, which is something I have in abundance from my home garden. And with the season winding down, frost sort of being (laughs) an eventuality any day now, we've been pretty much gleaning the garden and removing a lot of the plants that have outlived their usefulness for this season. We've got lots of eggplant still on hand to deal with, a lot of small ones, and I find the smaller ones can be somewhat tricky to incorporate into our daily meals. The nice large ones are great for slicing, making sort of a substitute vegetarian burger patty, eggplant parmesan is an obvious use, even moussaka, which was the recipe discussed in my previous blog. That blog began on the premise that I've got all this eggplant to deal with and acknowledging that over the years I've devised this method of simply roasting the whole fruits, which they actually are, botanically speaking, in the oven, pierce the skin a few times and roast them whole or have them and roast them cut sides down in a baking sheet. And once they are very, very soft, it is extremely simple to simply scoop the flesh out of the skin or even just strip off the skin and then transfer the flesh to freezer bags for use primarily in our household in babaganoush. And I've mentioned it in previous blogs and podcasts, but if you're not familiar with baba ganoush, it is hummuses, silkier, I think more sophisticated cousin almost. It has all the same ingredients as hummus minus the chickpeas. It just has eggplant substitute in place, but there's still that garlicky flavor, lemony flavor, herbs um, blended up with sesame paste, tahini and olive oil. And it's lovely. And when I roast eggplant flesh this time of year, stashed away in the freezer, I can have baba ganoush anytime I want. And I often do make it for holiday parties. Pretty much always have it with um, cut raw veggies and maybe some crackers or crostini. And before the garden starts to produce eggplant, when the weather turns warmer and we're doing potlucks and picnics for Memorial Day, maybe I can tap into that freezer cache and still make a really nice batch of baba ganoush. I found a new use for the roasted eggplant flesh just this week as I was browsing through some recipes to go with an Indian sort of seasonal vegetable inspired curry that I was planning to make for lunch. I was kind of idly browsing through some old recipe files I had on my computer and came across 
roasted eggplant raita. And if you're familiar with raita, that's the yogurt-based condiment that is very, very often served on the side of so many Indian meals. And it can have a variety of vegetables in it. Cucumbers may be one of the most well-known. Tomato also can be used. I've pretty much only made mine with cucumber over the years. And of course, I, th- I thought as I was going to prepare this sort of Indian lunch for some friends, well, it'd be nice to have Rita, but the garden cucumbers are pretty much gone by this point. And then I saw this recipe, roasted eggplant raita. And it basically takes the roasted eggplant flesh that I have been dealing with for months now, ever since the eggplant started outpacing me in August, and combines it with ingredients I happen to have on hand. Some finely chopped scallion from my garden, some jalapeno chili, and even some mint that's starting to pop back up again in my herb pot now that the weather's cooled down. And the base for it is yogurt. I just use Nancy's plain full fat yogurt. You could also use a Greek style yogurt, but really any plain yogurt, so long as it's full fat, not non-fat or low fat, works perfectly well with this. And so I thought I would share this recipe in this podcast, as well as a bonus recipe reaching back into the archives of my blog to 2016, when I posted a recipe for chana masala, which is basically a very simple, straightforward chickpea-based Indian curry that can be augmented with any type of seasonal vegetable. And I just happen to add some butternut squash to mine and some of the last garden zucchini. So I'll share both of those in this podcast. First, the recipe for roasted eggplant raita. And this is on my current blog, The Whole Dish. And again, that's at www.mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. And that blog was posted on October 24th. Roasted eggplant raita. It starts with one large eggplant, about a pound. Leave the skin on. One teaspoon cumin seeds or ground cumin. One and a half cups plain yogurt. Again, make sure it is full fat, not non-fat or low fat. A quarter cup finely chopped scallions. The white and tender green parts only. Don't need that really coarse dark green part at at the end. A half a teaspoon peeled and finely chopped fresh ginger, a teaspoon ground coriander, a teaspoon salt, a half to a teaspoon finely chopped jalapeno chili, which is optional. Of course, this totally depends on your preference for spice. I think I even added more jalapeno to mine because I prefer a little spicy. A half a cup chopped fresh cilantro. This original recipe called for a teaspoon dried mint. I I left the original recipe verbiage up there. I actually used fresh mint, as I mentioned, and pretty much just what I had on in, in my herb pot. I think it amounted to maybe about a tablespoon once I chopped it up. That's open to ter- interpretation. Again, of course, if you're not a huge fan of cilantro, maybe do the mint 
or do a little both would be delicious as well. So preheat the oven to 425 degrees, line a baking sheet with aluminum foil, and pierce the eggplant, as I mentioned, all over with a knife or fork. Place the eggplant on the prepared baking sheet and bake in the preheated oven for 45 minutes or until the eggplant is looking a little bit shriveled and it appears to be very mushy when you kind of squeeze it a little bit. Remove from the oven and allow to cool for 10 minutes. Meanwhile, you can be toasting your cumin seeds if that's what you have available. If you have ground cumin, there's no need to toast that spice. But you can toast the whole cumin seeds in a small skillet on high heat and using a wooden spoon, stir the seeds around for one to two minutes or until they're dark brown. You'll smell the fragrance um, being released as well through the toasting process. That's typically the best way to tell that it's done. You can add those to a small mixing bowl. We're going to mix up the rest of the raita. Once the eggplant's cool enough to handle after about 10 minutes, peel the eggplant. And it's again, it's very easy to just strip the skin off with your fingers. Discard the peel and stem. And at this point, you can either place the eggplant in the bowl with the cumin seeds and mash it with a fork, or you could leave it on your cutting board and very, very finely chop it with a knife. And it will disintegrate in that method as well into a very mushy almost paste. I found when I put it in the bowl and mashed it with a fork that it was still a little bit stringy. That might have been the age of the eggplants. These were ones that were kind of sitting around and I knew needed to be used in a way that wouldn't make the eggplant too prominent. But um, if you're concerned about any stringiness, I might suggest to finely chop it with a knife on a board instead of trying to mash it with a fork. To that bowl with the cumin seeds and the roasted eggplant, add one and a half cups plain yogurt, the quarter cup finely chopped scallions, a half teaspoon peeled and finely chopped fresh ginger, the teaspoon ground coriander, the teaspoon salt, the half to one teaspoon finely chopped jalapeno or more, and the half cup or less chopped cilantro and or fresh or dried mint. Stir that all together with a spoon and cover with plastic wrap and refrigerate for at least an hour up to two to three days in an airtight container. I was sort of cutting this close to my lunch time when I was planning to serve this. I don't think the flavors had time to marry for a full hour. Of course, the longer it sits, the more all those flavors just meld together is why that is recommended. But it's still absolutely delicious, even if it doesn't sit for a full hour. And the proof of that is... Of all the things on the table, this roasted eggplant raita was just gobbled up. My husband, who isn't a huge fan of Indian food, nor eggplant in a lot of circumstances, it's, it's not the first thing he would pick to eat. For some reason, this just struck his fancy, and he took seconds, thirds, fourths, even <laughs> dolloping it on the curry, scooping it up with the non bread that we had, 
and was very complimentary. So to me, that's a great recommendation. I would highly, highly recommend making this roasted eggplant raita to go with any type of Indian masala um, or curries as they're known in the West. And I'm going to share one right now. The Chana Masala from June 9th, 2016, posted under the headline, Creamy Chickpeas Curry Favor Beyond Hummus. And the easiest way to find past posts to my blog is select from the archives. There's a drop-down menu on the right-hand side of the page. And simply select June 2016 and page down to June 9th. And this post will come up. Creamy chickpeas, curry favor beyond hummus. And the recipe is chana masala. This comes together very quickly, very easily, almost with what I would consider pantry staples. And again, you can augment it with any seasonal vegetable. I used roasted butternut squash in mine, which could even be leftover from one of your other meals. You could add leftover roasted potatoes or any other root vegetables, which I love to do this time of year on um, a sheet pan for a sheet pan supper, a melange of parsnips, rutabagas, turnips, and carrots is really lovely. All of that would be delicious in here to go with the chickpeas and the whole tomatoes, onion and garlic are the primary ingredients. So this calls for one onion peeled and chopped, a clove of garlic peeled and chopped, two tablespoons peeled and chopped fresh ginger root, two tablespoons neutral flavored oil. This calls for vegetable oil. I prefer using grapeseed or avocado oil, as I've mentioned previously. Canola oil can be fine if it's organic. Otherwise, it's almost always GMO. And as is quote-unquote vegetable oil, which is most often soybean oil and also GMO if it's not organic. Two cardamom pods. Those are the little green, almost like bean-looking um, things. The black seeds inside are ground up for ground cardamom, but when you have the whole pods, you just gently press on them with the flat side of your chef's knife to just barely crack them open so they can infuse into whatever liquid you're cooking them in and the seeds, the whole seeds don't come out, which isn't quite as desirable and nor is it desirable to eat sort of the coarse outer pod. This also calls for a teaspoon curry powder. I like Madras curry powder, which is pretty widely available um, and good good brands I, I think can be found at Asia Grocery Market in Medford, if not on the Asian foods aisle of grocery stores. One 28-ounce can peeled whole tomatoes, one 15-ounce can chickpeas rinsed. Of course, you could use cooked from dry chickpeas if you happen to do that at home. It's a lot more economical. They'll taste fresher, most likely, but canned makes this come together really, really quickly. One 15-ounce can of chickpeas, also known as garbanzo beans, rinsed. Salt and pepper to taste. This is calling for cooked basmati rice for serving. Of course, classic and delicious. You could also use packaged naan bread, which is 
becoming more widely available in grocery stores. There's a great brand called Stonefire that's available at Medford's Food for Less store. This also calls for chopped fresh cilantro. Again, you could use fresh mint if you like that. So here's how it comes together, chana masala. You should peel and chop that onion, any onion, white, yellow, red is just fine here. And in a medium saute pan over medium heat, cook that peeled and chopped onion, the peeled and sliced garlic clove, and the two tablespoons peeled and chopped fresh ginger in the two tablespoons oil. Add the two cardamom pods and the teaspoon of curry powder and cook all that together until the onion is soft, which will take about eight to 10 minutes. You can also streamline this even more, which I did for my lunch by using a prepared curry paste. And those are pretty widely available for Indian curries as well. On Asian foods aisles, I buy mine at Food for Less in Medford. I don't think it's a complete substitute for using the fresh garlic, using the fresh ginger, but you can cheat it um, with curry paste. And then if you want to take the time to use the garlic and the ginger, you're going to get an even more pronounced, just spicy and pungent flavor out of those, those fresh components in addition to the curry paste. So that's something to consider in lieu of the curry powder that it calls for here. I would start with maybe a tablespoon of the curry paste is what I use, depending on your tolerance again for spice. So once all those ingredients in the pan, the onion, garlic, ginger, oil, cardamom, and curry powder are cooked for eight to 10 minutes, add the 28 ounce can of peeled whole tomatoes. If you still have fresh tomatoes in your garden, this would be a great time to peel them, those stragglers, chop them up and add them to this recipe with the, with any juices, including from the can, along with the rinsed chickpeas. Simmer all that until it's soft for 25 to 30 minutes, seasoning to taste with salt and pepper. I wanted to add zucchini to mine or any summer squash that you still happen to have on hand. And because I don't like it overcooked, I added mine at the end of cooking within the last five minutes or so of this total 25 to 30 minute cooking time. So that's something to consider as well. If you want to add a very soft vegetable like zucchini and don't want it to cook to mush, add in the last five minutes of cooking time, season to taste with salt and pepper before serving, of course, with basmati rice and any fresh chopped cilantro or mint, maybe perhaps even scallions on top and additional fresh chilies if you're a fan <laughs> like I am of that. Serve it with roasted eggplant raita and it just makes an absolutely delicious lunch, dinner, warms you up during this weather that's turning colder. That recipe is originally from Bon Appetit magazine posted to my blog, A Whole Dish, on June 9th, 2016 under the headline, Creamy Chickpeas, Curry Favor Beyond Hummus. Find my blog, www.mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. Thank you for listening.